Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. This is a special episode with John Gibson. We're going to give you guys the chance to reflect alongside John on the opening weeks of the 2020-21 campaign. Bit of a mouthful there. Uh, it's certainly been eventful, as always, with Newcastle United. We're going to discuss the transfer window and the results, the form, the performances of Steve Bruce's men as we enjoy an international break. John, we're out in your garden. Social distancing, of course. Lovely of course. view you've got here. Of course it is. Absolutely brilliant. Considering I used to live in town, which was just wall-to-wall bricks it's nice to be able to breathe the fresh air it's a lot nicer view than some of Newcastle's performances this season which we'll get on to oh in dear, a moment yes yes um, let's talk first of all the transfer window and get your verdict on it the mm-hmm. business was done very early on which is a surprise for Newcastle yeah and the business in my opinion and you may well disagree but I think the business has been rather spot-on they could have done potentially with another centre-back another striker if we're being a bit picky I'm sure that might come back to, to bite Newcastle on the backside in the weeks to come but however let's talk about the players that did arrive yep. impressed with the likes of Jeff Hendrick Jamal Lewis Callum Wilson Ryan Fraser Mark Gillespie have I missed anyone off the list? No No no. That's There's it. so many I can't even count <laughs> Interesting um, I mean at, at this moment in time I would say the jury's still out to be truthful Andrew um, I think Callum Wilson is an unqualified success already he's scored four goals in four games we've desperately needed uh, somebody that does score goals our top goal scorer in the Premier League last season was Shelby with six this guy's got four and he's only played four games albeit two of them were penalties but they are absolutely critical there were pressure penalties especially the one at Spurs and he did ever so well he's what I call a proper centre forward he plays that way he's got pace he works the channels and he can finish he is a plus right away next to his name the other guys I think in the main the jury's out uh, Hendrick for me is a steady away performer um, he's not a sensation he, he's not somebody that's going to grab you and make you go wow um, and perhaps we We've got too many steady away performers, um, but he's certainly not going to be a minus. It's how much of a plus he's going to be. Uh, Lewis is a young boy. I still think he's learning the game. He is very, very good going forward, very, very quick. He has things to learn defensively. He can get caught. He sometimes switches off on set pieces and loses the guy he's supposed to be marking. We don't want him to become an Andre, uh, Andre Edlin. We don't want him to be uh, this wonderful attacking quick player who just can't defend. He has things to learn, but he's young. And what he has to learn is to depend the defending part of it, not the attacking part of it. Uh, Fraser, well, we haven't seen enough at yet. 
we're, we're quite reassured that he is going to be a good signing. He's free transfer. He worked wonderfully the season before last with uh, Wilson. Um, but he hasn't really gotten to his stride yet. We've still got things to come from him. So we're still waiting to make a definitive judgment on him and on Hendrick and on the young boy. The goalkeeper's the, th- the third choice goalkeeper. That is exactly what he is. He's not right now going to dislodge either Dubovnik or Dolo. He's the third choice goalkeeper. He's going to make mistakes like he did at uh, Newport and he's got to get where he can put them in the back of his mind and get on with it. Um, but the transfer window's been OK. Like you said in your piece, I would have felt much better being greedy to have a backup centre forward because if Wilson get injured, what then? And a centre half, which we did try to get with the guy from Arsenal but couldn't get it through the door. We've seen how difficult it is at centre-back already because we've dropped Hayden in there once. We've had to bring Shaw in. Um, so we've been well-stretched centre-back. But it's better than I anticipated the window. But we've still... It's too early to make judgments on three of the four. Give me a rating then out of ten. In the, in the transfer market, um, at this moment, seven, and I would hope it goes upwards as we see more of uh, Lewis settling in and more of Fraser. Uh, the one unqualified success at this time, Wilson. Just briefly, Jamal Lewis did an, an interview with the BBC. <coughs> Sorry. The BBC earlier this week is on international duty with yeah. Northern Ireland and mentioned obviously Steve Harper you know, yeah. was on the coaching staff there, coaching staff at Newcastle. That, that, that's a good little benefit. I mean, you know Steve quite well. Yeah. And that's a good thing to have in your corner when you have someone like Harps kind of, he's always there in a way for, for Jamal Lewis. And, yes, he you know, is. He, he'd be a good shooter. Yes, he is. Oh, without a shadow of doubt. And um, the boy's young enough to learn. I don't think a player like Yedlin is going to learn to defend at this stage of his career. He he is what he is what he is and defensively he's a nightmare uh, this young lad has time to learn I think he's got a thirst to learn he's quality going forward uh, but you've got to be able to defend as well I know these days full backs defend less than they used to but you've got to be able, especially when you're playing in a flat back four as opposed to a five um, and he's got a bit of work to do on that side I suppose as well if he gets injured I know we were talking about there the striker as if you know say if mm-hmm. Callum Wilson gets injured or drops out of form, if, if Lewis, if uh, Jamal Lewis gets injured or drops out of form, it's kind of the same position because Paul Dummett, when he comes back, he's not that marauding fullback no. that the team needs no. in that position. Matt Rich is obviously injured, who would probably fill in there. Then you have Manquilla, who's more comfortable on the right and doing a good job, you yep. know, on the right. Emil Kraft as well, but again, not comfortable on the left-hand side. No. So it have they left themselves a bit, a bit open there? Oh, well, I, th- I think to a great extent we have. Um, the only hope would be that Dummett was fit by, you know, if something happens in the first game when we're back after the international break, oh dear me. But the hope is that Dummett was fit because if he is, he's more comfortable in a flat back four, which is the way Steve Bruce wants to play, than in a five. He's got to be more marauding in a five, and that is not his strength. But as a solid defender, he looks a better centre half these days than a left back, but as a solid defender, he would do all Okay, it left back and has done in the past in a four he's exposed in a five on Callum Wilson then you've seen quite a few strikers in your time as a Newcastle fan as a yeah. journalist he looks like he's got the pedigree to be up there and we've, we've longed for a striker of that pedigree probably since 
Demba Ball, Cissé, yep. and even then you're still probably on the second level, of course, to the likes mm. of Supermax, Shiro, oh, Ferdinand. Sure, sure, but they're exceptional. Of uh, course. Exceptional. Is, he, is, is, is Callum Wilson the top, le- the top, shall we say, the second level in the next yes. level? Obviously, the ones we've just mentioned there. I think he is. Um, certainly, you mentioned Demba Ball, and I think he's the best centre forward we've had since Demba Ball. I thought Cissé was um, flashy. He, he come in and was sensational, and then by the end of his time here, he looked as if he didn't even know the offside rule. Um, so he, he, he flattered to deceive at times. I think Wilson's the proper centre forward. He plays it the proper way. Um, he works it. He's available, uh, and he can finish. And by Jove, that's the last sentence I've said, but it's the first one that counts. <laughs> You've got to score goals, and he can score goals. He gambles. He gambles. That's, but, that's but what we've been missing. All quality, all quality strikers gamble because that's how you get your goals. Joe Linton doesn't gamble. That's why he doesn't score a lot of goals. You've got to gamble. Wilson, just not that long ago, was getting England goals. Um, and, you know, you don't get that very easily where they've got the pick of all the centre-forwards from Harry Kane upwards and onwards. Well, it's funny. A lot of talk on social media that you look at Carl Darlow, you look at Callum Wilson, you're saying, hey, if their form continues... When they get back, when you know the football mm. resumes after the national break, then you're looking ahead to the next international break. There's one before Christmas, if I'm not mistaken. They could be in in, in that side. Carl Darlow, especially. I know Dubravka probably won't be too far away, but you know he's performed really well. And you've got the likes of Jordan Pickford, Nick Pope. We saw uh, Burnley making mistakes. And Darlow, okay, look, he's not the best keeper in the world. And is he better than Dubravka? That's one for the bit, but. At the moment, who's a better English keeper in the Premier League? I mean, yes, to a certain extent, he slightly surprised me on the quality that he's given us. Um, Dubrovka is, for me, an exceptional goalkeeper and has done nothing wrong apart from get injured, so that, uh, you know, it's hard to knock him down. Who would have thought, I mean, when he was injured, we feared. Certainly we did, yeah. Newcastle fans feared with Dubrovka out at the beginning of the season, said, goodness gracious me, you know, what's going to happen here? And then here we are, four games in, we're talking about whether Darlow might be able to play for England at some stage in the future. It's quite incredible. And I know it was that stupendous game at Spurs that made us think of that. Um, but it's very reassuring to see that he's um, he has come through that well. And I'm pleased for the lad because he's a good kid. He's hung around. He's waited for his chance. And he's had to wait. I mean, Dubrovkin never missed a Premier League game mm. until until now uh, so it's been a long long wait for the boy and he's took a hold of it with two hands you need two good goalkeepers Newcastle have got two good goalkeepers now I suppose it's not really well it is transfers in a way but we've got Isaac Hayden tied down to a long contract we've yeah. kept hold of Alan St Maxman which was really key you felt coming in this summer um, Some, you know, and, and they've proved actually I thought especially against Burnley I thought they would I mean, obviously Alan St Maxman man of the match but I thought Isaac Hayden had a really good game and it's important Important that Newcastle have tied down, you know, the likes of even Carl Darlow as well to new deals, and, and they've kept on at maximum happy. They've shown a bit of ambition. They've brought in some competition as well with the likes of Fraser. Careful, careful, careful! You'll have, you'll have me thinking we're going to go into Europe for a moment. <laughs> uh, I, we've got to be a little bit careful. We don't overhype this squad, you know, because it's, it isn't as good as that. It's, it's, it's doing as the basic thing. It's doing the 
doing the basic things, though, isn't it? That, it's something that's escaped Newcastle in recent times, sure, and they've, sure. they've done the basic things under Steve Bruce sure, this summer. Sure, but we've also got to remember that you used a very good word there when you said basic, and that's yeah. what this team is. It's a basic yeah. team. It's not a quality team. We've got a lot of the sameness. And my joke, if we didn't have San Maximum, we would be a very average side indeed. And you know why we'd be an average side? Because we'd be predictable. We're not predictable only when this guy's on the field. And quality sides have got an unpredictability about them. He gives us that, but he's the only one that gives us that. So I'm not going to get carried away by Newcastle being as good a side as, side as you were making them sound, Andrew. Wow, well, I think that's words in your mouth there, Joe. I was just saying that they've done the things that yeah. they've maybe laid the start of some foundations down by tying Hayden to a new contract by keeping Anson Maximum this summer it gives them time to prove to him to prove to the other players that they are ambitious and they want to go forward whether they do that is another is another mm. you know factor mm. but mm. I do think they've done they've done what every football club should do so you, that's the caveat that they've, they've tied down the good players they've brought in some players to improve the side and now they've got to make sure that they improve on the field and they've got to make sure that going into the January window they invest and then the summer ahead, etc., etc. You can't stagnate. You can't stay still. We've we've only played four games all in the Premier League this oh. season. And before we played Burnley, before we played Burnley, and it was one-one-one in the league, and it was a terrible performance at Newport. We almost got knocked out at Blackburn. Oh, we never got great. a kick against Brighton. We were slaughtered by by Spurs and got a one-one with a 96-minute penalty. Let us not be better than we are. We are still, if we're really Realistic, making certain that we look down and don't get involved there and not look up and say how many places are we off Europe we haven't reached that stage yet and I've had far too many disappointments especially during the Ashley years to get at all complacent or euphoric with that guy in charge we are steady away. The rocking boat has been has been stilled a little bit in calmer waters, but we're nowhere near making the progress we need to make as yet. I'm hopeful it will reach that, but not yet. Let's talk about the results then and the performances, because yeah. as you mentioned there, they, they weren't they weren't good. Uh, what was it? Three shots on target before the Burnley game, and then obviously they beat Burnley three one. You know, they played all right against West Ham. West Ham weren't at the best, though. I mean, and that actually now looks like a very decent result given the because form West of what Ham have hit. Yes. Um, Brighton played off the park, wrong setup, wrong formation. Spurs, like you say, got very lucky thanks to Carl Darlow in a, in a questionable penalty decision via, via VAR. The, the Cups have been lucky Morecambe aside and then into Burnley and you know Burnley were would, would shocking for that first half 20 minutes oh. second half they were, they were decent enough and it looked like the tables had turned and then Newcastle Newcastle did what they had to do they weathered the storm after they conceded the first goal got back in front and then obviously got the third but it has been how would you just, how would you sum it up the, the whole what, what we're on I think, four, it's, three, I four think it's been okay Andrew Um 
the two wins we got, the teams that we played were very, very poor on the day. West Ham on the day were abysmal. I mean, they've been much better since, but they were abysmal. Burnley haven't got a point this season. Were abysmal. Brighton, we didn't get a kick and we know what happened at Spurs. So it's been steady away. It hasn't been as good as Steve Bruce has told us it has been. Um, because in the main... It's a results-driven game, yes, but to get results consistently, you've got to have performances as well. You can't get lucky for nine months. You can't get lucky for 38 games. And, you know, we have, we have had a very, very... Um, not easy, but gentle introduction to the season. We knew it was going to be that one. We saw the fixture list. When you play West Ham, Brighton, Spurs and Burnley as your first four games, there's only Spurs in there that makes you think before you start playing them, that's going to be difficult. That's going to be difficult. The difficult times are still to come. The intro, I wrote the minute the fixture list come out, we better start well because what What's coming afterward is going to be difficult. And if we haven't the points in the bag, then how many points are we going to get in the next few games? So I like to keep a lid on it and um, wait until we're tested more than four games. Last season, when everybody was hammering Bruce and then wanted Bruce to be put on top of a monument when we went for a certain space of time, I said, wait until the end of the season and then judge. I suppose the important thing is obviously Steve Bruce very happy with the Burnley result and the performance. His supporters, for want of a better phrase, very happy with it. You know, what was the need of the last week? And I'm not going to use, I don't want to use the term crisis, but, you know, mm-hmm. all the, the fallout that came before the Burnley game. But you've got to, at the same time, play the card that, right, if you're saying, you know, the, the game against Newport was one game, you know, put it in context, then you've got to put the, the game against Burnley in context. And, and Steve Bruce can be happy at the performance, can be happy with the result, but he's got to make sure that against Manchester United, against the games that come after, against Brentford, you know, in the, in the League Cup, that the performances of the same level, of the same standard. You can't just you can't just go one every four games performing well and then thinking that shuts the critic. Well, critics that, that, that is the major problem, Andrew, that we want to get some consistency into the performances because we went down to West Ham and won conventionally enough. We were much better than they were. We won 2 nil. We immediately didn't follow that up by consolidating the way we played. We played against Brighton and didn't get a kick. We got hammered at Spurs and got a 1-1. And then we've produced another result against the poor side. Now, how are we going to follow that up? We didn't follow it up well after West Ham. We've got to follow it up well now because you can't keep going up and down. This isn't the seesaw. I guess, I know you're a fan of this word, momentum. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I feel the international breaks kind of come at the wrong time because yeah. you play so well against Burnley, Manchester United gets thumped off Spurs, and it's not even a case that it would just be Newcastle's luck that the game comes after the international break and my United suddenly find their feet. 
it's just the, the international break has come and it's broken up that momentum. It has, it has. Um, but f- the momentum wasn't broken up after West Ham. We just didn't take it any further. The momentum we got at West Ham, we just didn't that's take it to the next game. Um, and that's one of our problems. And that is normally a problem of an honest squad, i.e. a trying squad, a caring squad, but lacking quality. That's what makes for these wild results that we have been getting. And... Um, the secret of our success is hyphenated it's in maximum well that was the next question John it was who's the standout performer in these opening weeks by a million miles by a million miles I mean this guy I've watched Newcastle professionally since I, I came back in 1966 and as a fan I've watched them all my life uh, which is far too long um, and, and seeing the great guys and the wonderful stars uh, whatever he is our major hope because he's unpredictable he's an entertainer he's a trickster he's, he, he draws fouls he's got courage you know because he gets hammered he knows he's going to get physically hammered he knows he's going to get kicked yes he might roll his locks might go all over the place didn't Ginola do exactly the same um, but he gets up and plays on and he knows he's going to get kicked the next time as well. It doesn't make him get rid of the ball. He still runs with it and takes the kicks. He is our major hope. If he plays well, we've got a chance. If he doesn't start, we've got much less of a mm. chance. And if he doesn't, if he's not on form, he wasn't. He didn't have a good game against Brighton. I know he got taken off quite early on with a, with an injury, didn't he? But yeah, when yeah, he's and not, he gave away the first yeah, goal, of course. And you know, he found it difficult. So I, it's also a case he has to be on on top of his game as well for Newcastle to play well, which is a lot of responsibility for a young man as well. It is. I don't know about you, that Burnley goal, the way he, he jinked to his left and jinked to his right. I don't know who it reminds you of. Did it remind you of a former Newcastle United legend who? Which one, which one well, is it? I'm thinking about Pierre Beardsley, the way the way he moves yes, the defence. Yes, that, that's a very good point. I mean, Peter had this great ability to twist, turn, twist, turn, twist, turn, and where they don't know what's going to happen next, the, the, the opposition. And then, boom, he finishes. Uh, he reminds me of so many good things. And yes, every ball player, and he is a ball player, every entertainer is going to have a bad game. That's allowed, you know. A lot of Newcastle United players have bad games. He's going to have one, but more often than not, he doesn't. And when he's on song, he, he, he almost plays sides on his own. He, he, he is certainly the the lead guy in front of the mic and the rest of the chorus. He's an absolute joy to watch. The League Cup then, we know that the quarterfinal is, yeah. is until uh, December, yep. two weeks in December, so we've got a little while yet. A little while for players to really force their way into Steve Bruce's plans, as well, the likes of maybe Jacob Murphy... Um, and Cook and really laid down a mark and he's performed really well actually in the, in the League Cup can they win it? Can they, I mean they've got to be Brentford who are a very good side and Ivan Tony as well ex-Newcastle United player it's written in the stars that he's going to grab a couple isn't it? No, no, he's not going to grab a couple <laughs> I hope not anyway to go to Wembley the, the, the whole point the First of all, can they win it? Yes, you can win it if you're in it. Yeah. If you're in it, you can win it. Yeah, so the answer is yes, they can. You can also say 
that the gods are trying to give it to us. I mean, you think we've drawn two championship sides and two League Two sides so far. I mean, that is phenomenal luck. Hmm. That is incredible. When you think this draw, we get Brentford, but you're talking about them being a good side. They're not as good as the rest of the sides that's in the competition. If you left, look at the great Premier League sides that's still in, and we avoided the whole lot and got Brentford outside the Stoke, that's about as good as it could have got. You would say the gods are trying to give us this cup. But, and here's the... No, I was waiting for that. I was just going to say, you were sounding a bit too excitable there, John. We get through Brentford. Let's suppose we do. Mm. And on the law of averages, we should, as a Premier League side against a Championship side. And we get through Brentford. We're into the semi-finals. They're on, unless Stoke produce a miracle in their game, there are no duff sides left forward Mm. to play. Now we're playing quality in the semi-final and now we're playing quality in the final. If we get the, the last time we faced that and Bushy got lucky in the Cups exactly like this was last year in the FA Cup. Steve got very lucky. What happened? The first time we played a Premier League side, we were lucky to get none. Hmm. And and we're going to have to beat two Premier League sides in the semi-final and the final if we're going to win the Cup. That, for this Newcastle side, is monumental. And you know what will hold the key if we get to the semi-final to do in that? And that'll be team selection. Because you cannot go with this and, and, and it's been fine so far and I accept it but he can't go with the, those teams yeah. again when in the semi-final and final I, I know there's been some big names in there but there were big names from last season he hasn't played his top side this season in the League Cup understandable we we're playing three matches a week one after the other one after the other one after the other but if we're going to win the League Cup at some stage we've got to start with Darlow and Goal who will Dubrovka will be fit then as well hopefully uh, to replace Gillespie he's going to have to start with Callum Wilson because we're going to have to knock Premier League sides out in the semi-final or final so he's got to bring his big guns he's going to have to play a maximum if he wants to win this cup not necessarily Brentford but certainly in the semi-final if we get that far and then the final I mean you would assume that Brentford would probably be without Ben Rama who may move on I know that the, we still have the domestic transfer window up until October the 16th of course we'll know uh, once that's closed but you would expect yeah. him to move on to a Premier League side perhaps and that obviously takes out one of their star players so plenty of time to preview that game in, in the months ahead um, what's your message to Steve Bruce well if you I had the chance to sit down with him now and say right this is how the season's gone this is what you think needs to happen what would you what would you say to him I'd say to him it's been okay so far, which is what he always says. It ain't been as good as you've told us it's been, pal. And because even in the League Cup, we're lucky to beat Blackburn up here. Mm. We, had to, we had to go to penalties to beat Newport County from League Two. And Morecambe is the worst side I've ever seen in my whole life. I mean, I think the pub side just down the road here <laughs> would beat Morecambe, so we're not going to talk about that. And... It, it hasn't been that great. What has got to improve are performances, because if you improve performances, you improve results. And as I said, without raining on anybody's parade, and, and not Steve Bruce's parade, the four teams we've played so far is as good as it gets as a run in the Premier League, as a run. We are now about to play Manchester United. We know what happened to them, but they're going to be very hurt. And they are still Manchester United, and 
they have signed a couple of players. We've got to play Manchester United, Wolves and Everton who are top of the league in the next three. Talk to me after we'll play them three and I'll tell you how good this Newcastle United <laughs> squad is because at the beginning of this I almost got carried away and had to tie my ankles down to make certain I didn't float away on the breeze. Talk to me after those three games and we'll have a great idea of how good this squad is. To finish off then John, we usually do this when we talk about the current day uh, Newcastle United. Give me a message to our listeners, to the Newcastle United fans, whether it be positive, negative, realist. Well, the, the message would be first and foremost keep the faith this is our club it's not Ashley's club it's not Steve Bruce's club it's not Rafa Benitez's club it's our club and one day we will get the even break that we deserve which will be a new owner a progressive attitude towards what can be achieved. In the meantime, while staying realistic that Newcastle aren't as good as sometimes... This is a knee-jerk club. One win, and we're marching on Europe. One defeat, and we're going to be relegated. That is the way we are up here. Hopefully, we're certainly not going to be relegated. Are we going to win something? We'll have to get mighty lucky to win the League Cup when it gets to the, to the sharp end of the thing. We're not a good enough squad to be anything but what we are, which is a side just under mid-table. But keep the faith, it's coming. If not this season, it's coming. Believe me, it's coming. There you go, keep the faith. Well, John, thank you very much for joining us. To you guys listening, thanks for tuning in. We also hope you enjoyed the latest episode of Gibble's Corner, which it was on Bob Monker. It was a thoroughly enjoyable episode mm. to record. Um, and we just want to say thank you to you guys for, for sticking with us, really. And we hope that we've brought you some joy through uh, what's been a, a troublesome few months with uh, COVID and everything. But uh, We're going to get there, kid, <laughs> with COVID and with Newcastle United. Fingers crossed. Please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review if you can. And just keep safe, keep your spirits up. And as John says, keep the faith. Cheers, man. So just a quick note, we're now over on YouTube at the Everything Is Black and White podcast. And if you're liking what you're hearing, why not come and see what we're producing? We'd really like you to hit subscribe. We're also over on Instagram at Chronicle NUFC and in the usual place on Twitter and Facebook. We'd really like the likes, the reviews and the subscriptions because without your continued support, we can't get very far. So thank you very much for listening.